We do begin tonight with the FDA issuing that emergency use authorization for Pfizer's child vaccine. Big news about COVID vaccine eligibility. Kids, 5 to 11, it's your turn. The director of the CDC calls this a monumental day. So how do kids get one and is it safe? Today, we're rolling up our sleeves and answering your questions about the latest COVID vaccine news. I'm Bethany Van Delft. It's Saturday, November 13th, and this is no ordinary episode of the 10 News. This is the 10 News Gets Extra. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Just this past week, the COVID vaccine developed by Pfizer was approved for children ages 5 through 11, meaning that 28 million kids are now eligible to be vaccinated. Congratulations! And the rollout should be much smoother than it was when the vaccine first became available for adults earlier this year. The White House COVID response team is ready to ship 15 million kids' doses of the vaccine to 20,000 locations across the country. City sites, doctor's offices, and pharmacies are now set up to be able to provide the shot. And in a lot of cases, your own doctor will be the one to give it to you. Awesome! But while things are looking up for you, tenors, the global pandemic is still a challenge across the U.S. and around the world. Sadly, the world death toll from COVID has now reached 5 million. And in Russia, there's a lockdown due to a rise in COVID cases. Restaurants, movie theaters, and schools are all closed. Aw, man. Feels like deja vu all over again. But there is some good news. Vaccines have slowed down the number of infections, hospitalizations, and deaths from COVID. And global leaders are stepping up. At last week's meeting of the G20, the 20 countries with the world's biggest economies, leaders promised to vaccinate 40% of the world's population by the end of 2021 and 70% by the summer of 2022. Now we're talking. This is a global pandemic and we need to work together to get out of it. One of our tenors knows just what we need to do. Hi, my name is Amaya. I am 10 years old and I live in Alpharetta, Georgia. We can help them by shipping ingredients and vaccines to them so it could help reduce the cases of COVID in their country so then we can stop COVID. Now that the vaccine is available to the 5 to 11 age set, we know you got some questions about it. Here to help with some answers is pediatrician Dr. Alok Patel. Not only does Dr. Patel spend his days helping kids in the hospital, he is also the host of the science podcast Nova Now, and he co-hosts the Nova series Parental Logic with me. Oh my gosh, we're so excited you're joining us here at the 10 News. I'm excited to be here. And you are, oh my gosh, can I list all these things? You're a doctor, you're a journalist, you're a podcaster, you're a hospitalist. How do you make all these things work together? I have no idea. Because, (laughs) I mean, just because I make them work together doesn't necessarily mean that it's an efficient intertwining of all my career things. But I'll be honest. All of it, it doesn't matter if I'm talking to 
a podcast audience about the universe, if I'm talking alongside you about the science with this about the science of parenting, or I'm talking to patients, it all comes down to general health communication and explaining complicated things in a fun, engaging way. So that's the common thread. Love, love, love that. And one of those places where you do that is your super cool podcast about science. Listen, ours is the coolest. <laughs> uh, I'm not even going to say it's the coolest because of the the charismatic, energetic host. <laughs> I'm going to say it's the coolest because we cover science on a completely different level. We're touching on all different aspects of this, something for everyone. But also, we want the average person to tune into the podcast, which is called Nova Now, and just be entertained and just have fun listening to it. So you're not necessarily coming to be lectured to or learn something. That's just extra credit. You're coming because you're like, this is fun. This is a vibe. Is one of these jobs that you have your favorite? Or are they like your children? Do they all, you all have equal love? Uh, the, the number one love has got to be my job as a pediatrician. It's got to be that for two reasons. Number one, that encompasses most of my personality. And number two, if I don't say that, I'll probably get canceled on Twitter. <laughs> so being, you know, being a pediatric hospitalist, meaning I take care of hospitalized children, you see the entire spectrum of the human emotional roller coaster. And so it, it pulls out a lot more for me than just being a science communicator or just being a physician. Like you got to be a total humanist. And there's some days I got to flex my improv comedy skills, or some days I have to sit down and be a grievance counselor. Some days I have to do nothing and just listen. But it's, it's, it's so dynamic that it's easily my favorite. That is so good to hear. All right. This is what you're here for. Are you ready? COVID vaccines. Bring the noise. Yes. The vaccine's here for kids 5 to 11. It's finally here. Should everybody just run right out and get it? In a, listen, if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me that binary question, I will say that <laughs> yes, everyone should run out and get it. But I'm gonna give you a realistic answer and say everyone should at least run out and get the information they need from a credible source. Like it's funny because newscasters, anchors will ask me that question. Like, should everyone run out and get it? And I'm like, I want to say yes, but that's not realistic. What I want everyone to do is at least take a step back and say, okay, if I'm not gonna go out and get it then what information do I need to make the right decision? Because I want everyone to get it, but I also want everyone to actually feel empowered and feel like they're heard and that all their concerns and all the misinformation they've been hearing, like we can validate what their concerns are. We just need to make sure that they're getting credible information. Yeah, and so basically what you're saying is so they feel comfortable and and making an informed decision. Yes. So, yeah, and I hear what you're saying because some of what we're hearing in the news seems a little bit confusing when you first hear it, like I heard uh, shots should be spaced three weeks apart, but then I heard from a different source, shots should be spaced six weeks apart. Like what's up with that? And this is actually, it's interesting because this is actually the process of science and scientific inquiry unraveling in real time for all of the world to watch. And so to someone who's not actually paying attention to where those conversations come from, such as what you mentioned about spacing shots apart, they look at that and they're like, oh my God, people can't make up their mind. And, and they read that as like, this all is just misinformation. I don't trust anyone. And so if we use that specific example about the distance that shots should be apart. I mean, you see the difference between Johnson and Johnson versus Pfizer three weeks apart, Moderna four weeks apart. And then you see studies happening in Europe where they're saying, well, maybe if we space them out a little bit more, you know, there might be a better antibody boost in people. And it's possible, which is why these studies are ongoing. 
And so when I see questions like that in the media, you know, I try to tell people two things. Number one, studies are ongoing. And, you know, scientists, immunologists, public health experts are constantly trying to optimize the current situation, best outcome. And a really good example are with vaccines. It's always been an ongoing study to look what's the best way to boost that that level of protection, which is why we're having this conversation right now about the optimal spacing and also boosters. But at the end of the day, I think what people need to understand is the basics have always held true. And one of those basic fundamental things we've been saying all along is that the vaccine, no matter which one you got, whether you got it three weeks apart, four weeks apart, five, six, seven weeks apart, is still extremely effective, safe, and is like your best way to protect yourself against severe illness, hospitalizations, or death. Yes. And there you have it. Okay, we're going to get information and then we're going to go get that shot. What do you say to kids who are feeling nervous to get it? I say that's totally normal. You know, do not feel bad about feeling nervous. Like it's nerve wracking. First of all, it's a needle. Second of all, we're in a pandemic. And third, like you might just be learning about this vaccine. And so I say, you know what? Own your nervousness and tell your parents, your friends, your teacher, your babysitter, anyone, hey, I'm nervous. And hopefully they will talk to you about it. Make sure you ask all the questions you want, because at the end of the day, hopefully your nervousness will lead to you getting good information and you realizing that you're doing your part to be a public health warrior and protecting not just yourself, but everyone around you. Yes. And I feel like that's the same thing to say to parents who are nervous for their kids to get it. Pretty much get the information and make an informed decision, which should be to get the shot. <laughs> yeah, well, totally. And, you know, parents should be comfortable in having these conversations with their kids. You can't just say, yo, we're getting a needle. If you're nervous, that sucks. Like actually have the conversation, you know, come up with a coping plan, you know, explain what's going to happen in the doctor's office. Maybe talk about what's going to happen after and, you know, you know how the reward might look like or, you know, what the process is going to be like. Get a shot with your kid if the timing works out. You know, I think as long as people have that open dialogue with their kids and they validate those questions and concerns, all will be well. Okay, let's jump into the questions from our tenors. I'm Lulu. I'm 10. Will a vaccine hurt? It might feel like a little, you know, kind of sting or a little prick, but guess what? That's it. And the minute it's done, you might have a little bit of a sore arm. You may feel kind of crummy for a couple of days, but that's your body building up the defense against the virus. So it's going to hurt for a second, but you'll be fine. And you'll be that much stronger after you get it. My name is Rose and I'm age eight. If I'm vaccinated, do I still need to wear a mask? If you're vaccinated and you're fully vaccinated, so meaning you've gotten your two shots and it's about a week or two after the second shot, depending on your situation, you may not have to wear a mask. But remember, it's a good idea to wear a mask if you're concerned if there's people around you who might be coughing or sick, if you're around somebody who's really high risk, so let's say one of your parents or grandma or your little brother or sister has a medical condition, you may want to give them extra protection. And also, you're still probably going to have to wear a mask on public transportation, like if you're flying across the country or you're taking a train. But guess what? If you're in a city where people who are vaccinated don't have to wear a mask, such as in New York or San Francisco, and you get fully vaccinated, you can take that mask off. My name is Talia. I'm five and a half. If I had COVID, do I still need to get the shot? If you had COVID and you've recovered, you still should get the vaccine. So if you had COVID 
you develop something called natural immunity. So your immune system, your body's defense mechanism has already seen the virus and there's a little bit of protection, but it's not as good of protection as you're going to get from the vaccine. And guess what? When you have both types of protection, we call this hybrid immunity and you're even more protected. So it's still a good idea and it's recommended that you get the vaccine even if you had COVID-19 in the past. Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm 11 years old and I'm going to be 12 soon. So should I just wait and take the vaccine for 12 and up? So first of all, happy early 12th birthday. And if you're going to get the shot right now, it's okay for you to get the shot that's recommended for the 11 year old. So the lower dose. But if your birthday is any closer than two months, you might want to chat with your pediatrician or your doctor about it and say, hey, my birthday's coming up. Should I just wait? Or should I just get the higher dose right now? But here's the tricky question. If you get a lower dose right now and then you turn 12, your second dose should still be the lower dose. And obviously we're overthinking it because guess what? In either case, you're going to be protected. Hi, I'm Nico. When will the coronavirus be over? It's not only question of the year, my friend. That's question of the last two years. <laughs> coronavirus in its current form as this pandemic that's kind of messing with all of us will hopefully, this pandemic will hopefully be over soon. Might be another year, might be a little bit longer. But as far as the actual virus, SARS-CoV-2 disappearing, it may never disappear. It may be around for years and years and years, but that's okay because we will have vaccines protect us. We'll also have a lot more treatments. So it's not really going to kill or hospitalize as many people as it currently is. But guess what? If you want the pandemic to end sooner, you know what to do. Dude, you are so helpful. Okay, a couple more before we get to ask you your favorite fun fact. Will kids need a booster shot like they're grownups? Is that coming down the pipeline? It's possible. You know, it's it's obviously it's too early to say. I haven't seen a lot of discussion and comments about it, but it's entirely possible. Like, did we think that we'd still be in this pandemic almost two years later? Some people said yes. Some people said absolutely not. So it's hard to say. I think the important thing is just to focus on the right now and realize that part of the reason kids need to get vaccinated is not only to protect themselves, but also kids right now are still kind of a point of transmission. So even those kids who are 5 to 11 who are going to be hanging out around your Thanksgiving table or kicking it with grandma over the holidays can still transmit the virus. And so by kind of blunting the spread, we may get to a place where we won't even have to talk about boosters next year. Who really knows? But it's entirely possible that there may need to be boosters. It's also possible they need to be, you know, kind of a recurring shot later on. But fingers crossed that once we boost all the older population, that will be in a very, very good place come mid-2022. This, I think, is a tough one, but I think we're all going to know a person or two or maybe more who aren't getting their vaccine for whatever reason. How do we handle that? I think we have to handle it with compassion, understanding, and just not alienating or judging people. Because here's the thing. If somebody doesn't get their vaccine or someone isn't wearing their mask, that doesn't mean that they're going to stay that way. It doesn't mean that they're going to, that there's one line they're going to be on. But if we, we don't hear people out, we alienate people. We say, you know what, you're wrong. I don't want to talk to you. Then you're closing off the conversation. It's the exact same thing. If your friend is hanging out with someone you don't like, and you just say, I don't, you're, you're, do, you're hanging out with someone I don't like. I'm never going to talk to you. That's a bad decision. You're going to break that communication. 
And so you just got to make sure that you're still open to hearing out other opinions. And at the end of the day, remember, we're all on the exact same page where people want to live a healthy life. People want to take care of their families. And that's kind of something that we can all draw upon. They're just trying to get information the best way they can. Sometimes it's not good information. Don't judge them for it because there's a highway of misinformation out there. And it's very hard to steer clear of all those cars of misinformation. Last but not least, we need to know, what is your favorite fun fact? Okay, I'm going to make this favorite fun fact about me because this fact started when I was around 10 years old. So I am a lifelong martial artist and I have a couple black belts and this, this lifelong passion for the martial arts. So things that you've seen like Kung Fu and Karate and all that stuff. It started when I was around 10 because of how much I loved the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, they're <laughs> that old. And my parents were like, hey, guess what these Ninja Turtles study? They study martial arts. Do you want to study that also? And when I was about 10, I started and it made me a more confident it made me a more enthusiastic person, but I also had more discipline and I just felt better with myself and it was great. So everyone out there, if there's a hobby you've ever wanted to try, go for it. We love that. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Alok, thank you so, 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 so much for joining us today. This is so much fun. Bethany, thank you. That was clutch. And tenors, if you have more questions or you want to share your thoughts about getting your vaccine, send us an email at hello at the 10 news.com or call our phone line 877-10-NEWS. That's 877-T-E-N-N-E-W-S. Did you know humans aren't the only ones who get vaccines? Our pets do too. Really? If you have a dog or a cat, chances are they've had their yearly vaccinations at their last vet visit. Just like people, pets like dogs, cats, horses, monkeys, koalas, and sloths. Who is keeping sloths as pets? All need vaccines to prevent certain diseases. So make sure your pet ferret is all caught up on their shots. What's that over there? I think it's a... What? What? What's the big idea? Trivia on the 10. During the pandemic, many people have reported having especially vivid dreams. Hello. Scientists say that's because we were staying at home and we were extra stressed. It's good to know that weird dreams are totally normal. There are so many types of dreams, but what's the name for the type of dream where you realize you're dreaming, but you stay in the dream? Is it A, daydreaming, B, lucid dreaming, or C, a nightmare? Did you guess it? The answer is B, lucid dreaming. When you realize you're in a dream, you are lucid dreaming. Sometimes you can even make changes to the dream. Have you ever had a dream where you knew you were dreaming? So weird, right? What does it all mean? Time is up. But before we go, here's a quick note for the grown-ups. Thanks for listening to the 10 News. Look out for our new episodes on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and extras on Saturdays. 
The Ten News is a co-production of Small But Mighty Media and Next Chapter Podcasts and is distributed by iHeartRadio. The 10 News creative team is daydreaming and includes Tracy Crooks, Pete Musto, Adam Bernard, Natalie Alonzo, and Tessa Flannery. Our production director is Jeremiah Tittle, and our executive producers are Donald Albright and show creator Tracy Leeds Kaplan. I'm Bethany Van Delft, and thanks for listening to The 10 News. I had a dream one time where I looked out of my window and I saw a giant gorilla, like King Kong big. And in my dream, I was like, oh, this is just a dream. I'll just wake myself up. And so I woke myself up and I looked out the window and I saw a giant gorilla, like King Kong giant gorilla out the window. And I was like, oh my God, is this another dream? And I woke myself up again. That time I hid under the covers. I didn't even want to see if that was a dream or not. Bye. This podcast has been named a Common Sense Selection by Common Sense Media, recognized for its outstanding content for kids and families.